Hey, I'm Kerry with a Best of Us Investors. For those of you who have been to the channel before, you know that uh, I put out a video every um, the, the every day at about uh, seven Eastern time, um, and and it deals with what I'm interested in and my long-term investing. And I've gotten away from talking about specific stocks and and how we evaluate them. Now we do that on our Discord. We in fact have an investment committee and uh, we have been showing on the Discord to the premium members the findings of our investment committee's uh, an analysis of stocks. We meet every Sunday and we discuss a stock. Well, I've decided that that's, it's too valuable to keep to ourselves. So at least I do my way of thinking. So I want to introduce you to our investment committee. And um, we're going to do every Wednesday uh, for at, we'll determine what time, and, and it'll be a regular event. Um, we're going to analyze a stock as a group um, and then come to an, a conclusion as to how we want to move forward on it. This first stock is Bingo. Bingo is in the genome sequencing space. It's trying to find a niche with um, uh, Illumina and, uh, being the biggest player and Pacific Bioscience, both of which I, I own. One does a long read, the other does a short read. And as you'll see in this video, bingo is approaching it at a different angle. So the question was, should we add that to our portfolio or not? And I want to share it with you so that you can make a decision if you do own bingo or if you have been considering it so that you can benefit from from our research. Again, this is something we were just sharing um, with our Patreon members in the Discord, but um, I want to make it available to you at least on a, on a weekly basis. That's the plan now. So this is our analysis of bingo. Um, I'd appreciate your comments uh, to, if, if it's a value, I want to make it available to you. If it isn't, okay, share that as well. All right, bingo. Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. For a brief introduction on bio-nanogenomics, what they do, um, this is a San Diego-based instrument company. So it provides a platform to analyze the segments of genomic DNA and especially the structural variations. So they have the genome imaging technology, they're able to perform optical genome mapping more efficiently than their competitors. So basically what they're doing is they're reading the fragments of genes or DNAs, and they're putting them together um, like a puzzle to you know, detect any structural variations. You know, the first question is, why is this even important? Identifying, you know, the changes in your genome. So these changes might uh, make your body or the gene uh, pathogenic, meaning that this variation may be causing a disease in some way. So if you could see your genome in an earlier stage, or if there's something wrong with your uh, genome, like a structural variation, you'll have a higher risk of developing a specific disease. So if you're able to detect that earlier, 
you would be able to proactively treat uh, that disease that might be occurring or developing uh, in your later life. One of their major competitors is Pacific Bio. Bio-nanogenomics was more efficient and more cheaper than Pacific Bio. So they have the Sapphire uh, device or system. Regarding accuracy, Pacific Bio has this something called Hi-Fi reads are significantly shorter than their traditional long reads because it's more accurate. However, Sapphire image uh, molecules, they are consistently 20 to 30 times longer than Pacific Bio reads. So that's, I think, um, an advantage over Pacific Bio. Based on a research that was done last year, I think it was December, the Pacific Bio high five reads, they detected only 72% of these structural variations, the large structural variations that BioNano optical genome mapping detected across like 32 different human genomes. So, so out of the 100% that BioNano did a tech detect, a Pacific Bio Hi-Fi read only detected 72%. And then since I was talking about these structural variations or variants, this is basically defined as a region in the DNA um, of approximately one kilobase pair or larger in size, which is not normal, in, which means there can be an additional insertion, a duplication, uh, a deletion of a part of the gene or translocation. So basically they're finding a structural variation that is not normal, which could have the possibility of causing uh, this individual a disease. I recently heard that they have partnerships. They're teaming up with uh, Pacific Bio. So Bingo's genome optical mapping uh, plus Sapphire and Pacific Bioscience, they're working together to uh, reconstruct a number of Japanese human genomes from scratch. And they're also working together uh, on a vertebrate genome project. Now, I think that's great. And I think uh, Pacific Bioscience is a well-known company in the genomic space. And they're actually working, uh, continuously working with a uh, bingo, which means I think the Pacific Bioscience sees this company or this technology, the Sapphire uh, system, as something critical, and they're teaming up because they don't have that ability, in my opinion. Um, I think Vanguard has over 7 million shares, BlackRock over, I think, I think three or 4 million shares. And there's a lot of institutions buying up at this price that we have right now. So the current market cap is about 1.5 billion, and the price is, I think, around $5. But if you look at the the past, this, this stock went up to like almost $16. So it has pulled back a lot. Uh, but I think there's a lot of partnerships going on. And um, there's a lot of institutions um, very interested in the stock. So it's a stock that I, I started to keep an eye on. There's a couple of concerns. One is I found an article saying that they are planning to raise another 350 million, right? And yeah. They have the ability to do that. They've gone through everything. They've got it. When they want to, they can raise another 350 million, which is about 67 million shares at today's stock price. So someone, I think I read an article saying that they were assuming to dilute it at a price of like four, even lower than what we have now, let's say like $4. And the price, the calculation that that analyst did was that would bring uh, Bengals price down to like under $2. Um, so that's why 
if this happens, it there's a potential for this company to grow. But regarding stock prices, I think there's a potential that it will go down more. So there's a risk. There's a risk, and it's even in their 10K. I mean, they started out as a penny stock that they could get under a dollar and right. be delisted. I mean, they even bring that risk up. Now, whether that happens or not, you know, I don't know. It's up to people out there looking at the company and what faith do you have in it getting mm-hmm. to where you want it to be? Or does it get bought out? And if it gets bought out, what's the fair price? You know, I calculated right now today with the number of shares at 592, you throw another 70 million shares in there, that's going to take the price down. I, I could calculate it you know, mm-hmm. at some point, but it's going to be lower. The other thing is they need the FDA approval of the Sapphire or their devices. So that's always something that we have to keep track to see if that this does get uh, FDA approved. One last thing that I kind of uh, noticed was the ownership. So the institutions, although the institutions are buying up a lot of shares these days, if you look at the overall percentage of the ownerships um, from the institutions with the smart money, it's, it's basically only around 15%. I believe that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you, the, the rest of you, mm-hmm. Illumina owns 90% of this market and Pacific and Bingo are the kind of new players in it. I thought it was interesting in, in this week's Time magazine, they have um, the list of the 100 most influential companies currently and Illumina is number one company. My understanding is that uh, Illumina does, is it the short read and Pacific does the long read or vice versa. And there are some advantages and disadvantages in that regard. Uh, either of the rest of you have any input on that? The only thing I found when you go to the uh, corporate presentation of BioNano, you find like a market overview where all the players are placed and there Illumina is mentioned as a, and is mentioned as one of the biggest players. And then Bionano is arguing that they are positioning in a different niche than that Illumina is uh, playing. So, Okay. It seems to me that as, as I look at it, you need to own all three of them. Uh, if uh, At least that, that would be my take on it. And I own two of them at this point. I don't own Bingo, um, but at $5 a share, uh, I don't see how you can't, we know, I think, at least I believe that this, like Kathy Wood says, this, th- these are the fangs. These are the, 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 the coronavirus. Uh, in fact, in this article from uh, in Time Magazine, it said that the reason we got the coronavirus vaccine as quickly as we did was because of Illumina. I think Bingo is a bit different than Pacific Bio and Illumina. So Pacific Bio and Illumina, they're much short length on the genome sequencing, and they're more focusing on genomic errors in the gene. What BioNano is doing is they have a technology where they could puzzle the forest much better than any of the companies out there. And if you think at Illumina or Pacific Bio, they're kind of focusing on the trees, right? And I think the way that this technology works based on what I kind of looked into yesterday is you get a very long piece of gene or genomic data. You put a fluorescence on these long uh, fragments of genes 
and then this uh, sapphire machine kind of linearizes the DNA. They kind of, you know, uh, sequence it, and there's going to be some overlappings between fragments. And what they're doing is they're uh, comparing it with a reference genome and mapping the long uh, chromosome or the genome and kind of looking at the structural variant because structural variant is not like a single gene. It's looking at a chunk of genes that are inserted, deleted, duplicated, or there's something wrong there, right? And I think that's why Bingo is different from Pacific Bio and Aluminum. What do you got, Mark? I just look under the hood and look at long-term viability and, and where they are. So I did kind of a deep dive into the financials. And you know, this company has never made a dime, uh, and always heavily indebted, uh, has a lot of offerings. I mean, in 2016, their total revenue was 6.79 million. 2018, it went to 12 million. 19, it went back 10.13 million. And then last year it was 8.5 million. They just came out, I think it was 3.1 million in the first quarter. That would get you a little over nine, 10 million if you look forward, if they continue that route. So, I mean, it's a small little company. Okay. Mm -hmm. When you look at their expenses, I mean, their expenses, I mean, 8.5 million is what they brought in in 2020. They spent 47 million. They're burning cash left and right. Uh, their operating income has never been positive. 2016, it was 21 million and 22 million and 17. 2020, it's 38.5 million. Um, so it's, it, you know, it continually gets worse. Net income, you know, it's the same way. You look at, uh, you know, net income in the quarter, this last quarter was almost 10 million. Okay, so that would get you at about 40 million for the year, which last year was 38 million for net income. Negative, these are negative net incomes. Um, and diluted earnings per share, you know, are still negative. So looking forward, and this comes from their numbers, our earnings estimates in 2021, they're looking at sales of 16.34 million. But if you look at what they did in the first quarter, and, and if they keep going forward, they're not going to hit that. In 2022, they're looking at sales at 30.5 million with negative EPS of 12 cents. And in 2023, they're looking at 54 million at negative 19 cents EPS. Um, so they're not looking <laughs> to really grow. And this is from their numbers, not mine. And I'm just here to kind of show the numbers and people can make up their own mind, but they burn a lot of cash, okay? So where do they get this cash? Well, from offerings and financing. They don't get it really from selling products. In 2016, they had offerings of $25.4 million, 17.6 in 2017, 35.7 million in 18, 30.3 million in 19, 61.9 million in 20, uh, and then estimated they just did a, a like Drew said, a, a share offering in, in January 12th and 25th that brought in 337 million. So they have cash. And then on top of that, like Drew said, they have an option for another 350 million to, to, to send out there. So that would, at today's price, would get about an extra 67 million shares into the share bank, which is going to dilute your shares a lot. So just be careful if you get in here because they are burning money. And until they do become profitable sometime, 
the shares are going to be diluted as they keep running these offerings to run their operations. Let's look at their loss per share. And I, I wanted to look at the end of the year of 2020 versus 2019. They showed a loss per share of 39 cents off of 41.1 million, 41 .1 million of loss. Okay? The importance of share dilution is in 2019, they only had uh, 14.9 million shares out there. And so their loss was $1.99 a share. So in 2020, they have $104.2 million, you know, so they went up pretty much $100 million in shares, and they showed a 0.39 loss, okay, for 2020. But if we went back and said, what if they didn't do uh, that share offering, and they still had 14.9 million shares with the loss of 41 million shares, okay, what that would have done was pretty much brought them down to a $2.74 per share loss instead of a 39 cent loss. So the value of shareholder dilution can make your numbers look different, okay? Yeah. So if we looked at Q1, and Q1 was interesting too, because I dug into their net losses there. So in Q1, they showed net losses of 9.9 .9 million for the first three months as compared to 10 million of the first three months of 2019. That gave them a loss per share of four cents per share. Now that was on 263,939 shares. And in, in December, it was only 104 million. So they doubled their shares again, okay? And showed a four cent loss. In the first three months of 2019, they only had 35 million shares compared to 263 million and showed a 30 cent loss. So I went back and recalculated if they still had only 35 million with the loss they showed in 2020, um, we would have been at a 28% cents per share loss, which is two cents better than they did, okay? But then I went back and I looked a little deeper. They actually, you know, their, their loss from operations was 11.1 .1 million in Q1, but they had a 1.75 million PPP loan that got forgiven. And so they took that out of there and brought it down to 9.9 you know, 9 million loss. If you put that back in, because that's that was just that's not anticipated money, that's not revenue, that was just given to them. You take that back, their loss comes back in my calculations to 11.7 million instead of 9.9. .9. So you know it's all about accounting. So their actual loss to me uh, was 45 cents a share, not four cents a share. So if you dig into these things. And you can move, you, you can analyze them any way you want. And they do, they have gap and non-gap accounting and companies tend to use non-gap accounting because they can take things out like stock-based compensation, you know, and all that and say, well, that's a one-time deal. When in this case, a one-time deal, they put it in to help them out in, in, you know, in my estimation. So just be careful when you, you know, as, as the tribe looks at companies, make sure you learn how to dig into these a little bit and understand these numbers and how that affects when you buy a share and you like your company, that how it, can, it might take a long time to get to where your, your actual goal is. If it's a 10X, how long is it gonna to take to, to, to get revenue and, and, and build off this debt and all these offerings and, and your share delusion. And then when we talk about stock-based compensation, in 2016, they only had $130,000 of stock-based compensation sitting out there. Now they have $1.5 million of stock-based compensation sitting out there. 
So add that on top of all the offerings out there. And that's a lot of money that's going to be sometime paid back or taken out is, you know, when the stock gets at a certain price, I'm going to sell it. And a lot of those options are at 83 cents. So just look at that. When it comes to uh, the product, I'm not an expert on it, but I was looking at the adoption rate, Drew, and the adoption rate's kind of slow. I mean, I think they're doing 11 of these, uh, uh, what do they call it? What's the, what's the name of the cipher? What is sapphire, it called? Sapphire, Sapphire. And the price is between 150 and 200,000. And so if they sold 10 of them, that's only $2 million of revenue off the cipher. So they're trying to really focus on consumables. You know, every time they do a scan, it's $500. So if you look at their revenues, the revenues are really coming from consumables. And I would, I would compare that to Hewlett Packard selling you a printer saying, wow, my printer is only $199, but my ink is $200 a shot, you know, when I run out. So you got to look at that also. And the adoption rate in, in this business, a lot of these, these labs, and there's estimated 8,500 labs they're looking at, they're already in, 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 you know, ingrained in a lot of money in these systems. And I think the big one is Thermal Official Scientific that has a lot of these types of analysis machines that are already in there. So a lab manager and a company are going to have to say, do I spend the extra money and switch technologies or do I stay with what's known for us today? Knowing that what Drew said, this is only not for use in diagnostic procedures because it hasn't been approved by the FDA. And, and I looked into that process and that's a long arduous process to get that done. Um, and a lot of insurance companies will not reimburse anything done on a machine that's not licensed by the FDA. So that may scare off some people too until that certification comes around. So these are just kind of some of the things I'm looking at. You know, I look at about a 9% institutional ownership and, and, and Drew was talking about 7 million shares. Well, 7 million shares, you know, uh, out of 263 million isn't too big. I mean, I think they're taking little bites out of it to see if they can get a bump, uh, but they're not really going in full bore in, into this company. Uh, the short interest is about 11%. So, you know, I got some short interest out there. And if you take the enterprise value of what this company would be worth, uh, if someone was to come buy it out, you know, and the enterprise value is what it's worth, minus debts and cash. And, and it would estimate be about $5.92 a share as we stand today. So that's, it has some room to go up for me, uh, but it has a long way to go uh, to get where I would want to go. And it just really depends on what your risk factor is, what your time tolerance is, what your belief is in this company. I look at it and I say, I think these guys are looking to be bought out, you know, that whether it's uh, Illumina or Pacific Bio, that they're just trying to get that in there and then do another cash payday. And I think that's, from my point of view, the best chance for this stock and you get your shareholder value out of it in the, in the short term. So in your case, you're not... You're just keeping an eye on. You're not um, buying bingo, I guess, right? For me? Yeah. Oh, no. No, I... No. All right. I mean, even even in my case, I'm not buying. I'm just maybe keeping an eye on um, to look at how this moves forward. Um, Patrick, how about you? Are you planning to buy this? Not yet. I had it in, in early January until like mid of January. Maybe it was like the first hype phase, but I sold it way too early 
but it was uh, happy with that and then okay done carrie how about you have you got a position or no i do not um i i believe very strongly in the genome sequencing space mm. and i think um what you all have brought forward is eventually they got to get to where they're selling machines and um and and they're nowhere near that at this point so i think the market is swing trading it so i think it's just it's a trading vehicle the the information that you gave me that i thought was if i want to get into it i'm going to get into it at about two dollars a share because it it looks like it's going to go there and i think you're right it's setting itself up to be a a buyout they're probably looking at Illumina. As you mentioned, Illumina tried to buy Pacific and um, it was determined that would create a monopoly. And so that didn't happen. But I think this space is, is very important. So I will want, continue to watch Bingo and I really wanna thank you all for the, the enlightenment that um, we, we share, this is valuable.